It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, uh, welcome back to uh, Three-Cylinder Star Drive. I am Roger Colby, science fiction novelist. I'm Richard Coots, and I'm a fan of pop culture trivia. All right, guys. <clears throat> Today, we're going to talk about a subject that um, I know a lot about these things, and I've read a bunch of these. Richard's read a couple of them. We're I've read a few of them. We're going to talk about fan crossover theories. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to be honest here, and I'm sorry that people who like this stuff are going to get a little angry at this. I just don't care a whole lot about them. <laughs> but, you know, fans have these theories of course. about these movies and television and stuff that how they somehow cross over. Okay. Mm-hmm. The one I want to talk about first is is <clears throat> if you've not seen second season of Stranger Things, uh-huh. then um, this is going to be a little spoilery. Okay, I just want to say. You've um, all seen it by now. Come but on. Come on. If you haven't seen it by now. Uh, you either don't care about it. Right. You, you need to go see this. Okay, so anyway. Anyway, but if you haven't, pause it here. I forget it. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically in the third episode of season two, um, what's his name? Uh, Bob. Bob. Who's played by Sean Astin. He's in the car with the little kid. Uh-huh. What's his little kid's name? Oh, uh, kid's Will? Name? Will. He's sitting there talking to him. Will's telling him all about the evil smoke monster, whatever the heck. And he tells him, like, okay, well, here's what happened when I was a kid. When I was a kid, uh, there was this, this uh, I was at this carnival, and this clown came up behind me. And like touched me on the shoulder when I turn around. He goes, "You want a balloon, kid?" And it, he did the same. He sounds exactly the same as the Pennywise from the movie. It okay. Well, he he said the clown's name is Baldo. Yes, he said the clown's name was Baldo. However, he said the clown continued to visit him in his dreams and scare him in his nightmares and stuff like that, and terrorize him and stuff. And eventually, he told it to go away, and it went away. Mm-hmm. However. Bob is also from Maine because he wants them to go back to oh, Maine. Oh, okay. okay. So um, the fan theory here is is that Bob is somehow from Derry in Maine and that oh, there's okay. this crossover where Pennywise is like, you know, whatever. Now, some of these some of these are kind of seem legitimate. You know, like you yeah. said, the, 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 in this case, the, the, the uh, clown's name is Baldo, okay? But <clears throat> I want to say... That um, there are genuine crossovers, and then there's some that aren't. Like, okay, I've said this to Richard before, but um, all of Stephen King's stories and novels, okay, they cross over within, sometimes within their own novel, and sometimes, most of the time, in the Dark Tower series. If you mm-hmm. read all seven of the no- seven or eight or nine of the novels, whatever, there are things that crossover in through those novels um, and Pennywise is in one of the Dark Tower novels. I mean, there's there's like all these characters that kind of flux, flux back and forth. Now, um, I think they're actually going to get into this. Sorry. I think they're actually going to get into this in the Hulu series uh, Castle Rock that yeah. that J.J. Um, Abrams is co-producing with Stephen King. I totally agree. I think what's going to happen is you're going to see more and more crossover stuff within 
the Stephen King universe. I mean, there's there's this bit in the trailer where it, I mean, everything in the trailer happens really quickly, so I don't catch all the. I couldn't. I didn't catch everything the first time around, but I remember there's a sinking. There's a police car sinking into a swamp, and on the back of it, it says Shawshank Police Department. Yes, yes. Um, (coughs) So, okay, so that's one crossover. Mm -hmm. The the thing about, you know, uh, Stranger Things and uh, Pennywise and It. Right. So what's another one that fans talk about all the time? Uh, I think it, oh yeah, uh, Quentin Tarantino's films. So fans were theorizing that... um, Quentin Tarantino's films actually all take place in the same universe, and some of them actually uh, actually um, take place are uh, like Kill Bill and From Dust Till Dawn. Those films were actually movies within those universes. Yeah, and so uh, and then somebody asked Quentin Tarantino about that, and he's like, "Yep, you got it right. Who knows? Who knows?" If he was making that up, but it's like... What's he, he going to say? Yeah, I, mean, I know. You know he's he could say no, but it's like, yeah, you got it right. But he's like, yep, confirmed. There you go. And so now it's fact. Yeah, right. So Quentin Tarantino is like... But, you know, he could be feeding off of that. Because, you know, it's basically like, oh, I can I can milk this for a while. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, oh, well. what about like... Uh, uh, do you think Django occurs in the same universe as um, The Hateful Eight? I don't know, man. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it seems me, like it. Yeah, okay. So here's the deal. Not a huge Tarantino fan, so I haven't seen all of his films. And yeah. two of them that I have not yet watched, I got them, I actually have them on my DVR, mm-hmm. The Hateful Eight and, and Django Unchained, but I have not watched either of those Those are yet. great films. They yeah. really are great films. I mean, uh, but, um, you know, the thing about Tarantino movies, they're not for the faint of heart. Right. They're really not. If, I, if, you're, I, not a, I, if you're not one of those people who you know, completely shuns R-rated movies, you probably want to watch these. Sure, really I've seen, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, what I, mean, I have seen I really like, I wasn't too... Not in, for kids. Not for kids, no. <laughs> no. I, I wasn't too into the, uh, the Kill Bill movies, um, and, uh, but I loved uh, Inglorious B-Words, and the... Uh, 999. Yeah, 999. It's and, become a meme. Yeah, it is. Um, and I and I liked Reservoir Dogs first mm-hmm. time I saw it, although I had a hard time watching it a second time. You know, my first my first um, my first exposure to uh, Quentin Tarantino was Pulp Fiction. Really? That was the first time I'd ever seen. And I haven't seen that since I was a little kid, and I barely remember. I went in. I went to see that movie in the theater. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, I was, and I was in film class when I did. I was was taking a film class at OBU when I went to see it, Mm -hmm. and I went to see it with one of my friends that was in the film class, and um, I was blown away by that movie. And the fact that he doesn't have—he's famous for doing the non the non-linear film mm-hmm. where it's all chopped up in pieces and right. thrown together and you kind of have to figure out where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> there are, there, you know, there's a lot of these fan theories about these films and television that, um, you know, like they'll take one film, you know, by one director and say, well, all the films in this director's uh, mm-hmm. uh, cadre of movies all occur in the same universe, you know, and then they'll try to piece it together and say, but really it doesn't really matter, does it? No, I guess it doesn't, <laughs> but but if it makes people happy. It's fun to think about. Yeah, it's I mean, fun. It's fun to think that maybe, you know, Sam 
Samwise. Samwise. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe, uh, you know, Sean Astin's character from uh, Stranger Things, you know, like lived in Derry. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to think about. Yeah, and you know, that may have actually been a little intentional because Stranger Things is just a, is just a fan service to all things 80s, just it, a love letter to all things is. 80s. And so, it is. And, um, you know, remember, we, we talked about this before, that the Duffer Brothers actually pitched uh, the uh, current yeah, version it, of it. Yeah, version of it, yeah. Yeah, and they didn't go for it, so yeah, they went well, and made Stranger Things, and it's kind of the same story. Almost. Yeah, yeah, you, you, can see their, you can see their fingerprints from where it was. <laughs> Warner Brothers just kind of stole their thunder there. True. They, okay. So, um, with that, we're going to talk about our dollar rental of the week. And that is Brainstorm. Brainstorm, Starring yep. Christopher, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. More cowbell. And uh, Cliff Robertson. And Natalie Wood. Nat- this is... See, here's the deal about this movie. This was Natalie Wood's last movie. She actually died during the making of uh, this film. And mm. it was it was 1981 when she died during the making of this film. This is a crazy story. It is. Yeah. Uh, so... Basically, the director Thomas uh, ter- uh, Turnbull. Turnbull, yeah. 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 Tumble. Tur- Turnbull. Turnbull. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. It's hard to say. Isn't yeah. It? Anyway. Anyways, she. Uh, it took him. It didn't get released till 1983 because of this. He had to like. So two years later. Two years later, mm. because he had to put this whole thing together with her after she all her scenes and everything. Put it together to where it made sense after yeah. she died yeah and it was just a chore apparently and well there's been did. a lot of other movies where that's happened oh yeah oh yeah and um you know given you know well we had the bit with uh, uh the, the hunger games films sure with where, with uh, <clears throat> uh philip seymour hoffman yeah, Phil, yeah seymour hoffman he passed away like halfway through the movie mm-hmm making of the film and it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, you've got this guy. I mean, there was all, there was talk of putting him in digitally. Well, they did do that. They did. They did. They did. That's added like a did. digital character. But they didn't do that with this. Um, he was yeah, well, able. they couldn't. I mean, this is like Yeah, 80s. this was the 80s, yeah. But he didn't, there was really no, I mean, the only trickery he had was to shuffle the scenes around mm-hmm. to make, to where it just kind of, uh, flowed together and made sense and and, and, and for, he did it and for that you know for for the technology that he had he had no way to do this digitally mm. he had to flip the movie around and change scenes around and make it work it really is a tight movie it is and it's amazing it's a feat of editing it really is an amazing feat of editing this film yeah but it took him two years to do this so yeah. so that's that is just that is uh, dedication to your craft right it is, there. It is. So Brainstorm, basically the premise is this guy has developed some kind of device that you put on somebody's head and it reads um, exactly what is going on inside your brain during experiences to where you could put it on somebody else, kind of like a VR thing. Not mm-hmm. only, But not only do they see it, they also hear, smell, taste, uh-huh. touch. Everything's the same. Yeah, there's like a bit at the beginning where... Uh, they're testing it with Christopher Walken, and he's wearing it. And another, and one of the other uh, scientists are doing the the taste test to where <laughs> they transmit the taste to him. And he gets, he's like, I want this steak, and then I want uh, marshmallow sauce and chocolate and a strawberry on the steak, 
steak. And <laughs> he does that, and then you kind of see Crisper walking back on the thing, and he's kind of like doing this chewing motion and uh-huh. licking, and he, and he you're like, come back to him and say, what did you taste? And he's or something like that, and he's like, mm-hmm. there's this other taste or something, and he's like, walnuts, I hate walnuts. And it's <laughs> like, like, yep, and so they got it. But uh, the, their, their project is being funded by this uh, corporate guy mm-hmm. uh, played by Cliff Robertson. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, the military gets interested in that. Mm-hmm. Want to make, they want to make weapons out of this. Uh, How are you supposed to make a weapon out of that? I don't, I don't know. They, they yeah, did something get to like, uh, give people, uh, 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 mess with their brain. Like give them, uh, seizures or yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't remember exactly yeah, what it right. was, but I there's that one, it. but there's that one point, uh, Christopher Walken is trying to get away from him, and his kid stumbles in there, and it puts it on, and it just, like, wrecks his kid's brain. Yeah. And... Yeah. But one the one bit that's really interesting is when... Uh, who was it that puts it on and then dies? Uh, Louise Fletcher's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she she's Christopher Walken's uh, new girlfriend. Nally Wood is his ex-wife. He's, like, yeah. a huge egomaniac, and so they kind of split up. He acts like a child most of the time. And so they split up, and now he's with Louise Fletcher's character. Who, if you all know who Louise Fletcher is, Nurse Ratched from yeah from uh, from uh, one, one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, so she puts the thing on, and like during trying recording, she like has a heart attack. Yeah, and just she, dies. It just dies, and it, and records, so it records that entire experience. What happens to her in the afterlife? So you like get this bit at the end of the movie, or you know, well, what her <clears> brain is kind of perceiving as she dies, and uh-huh. and. and kind of the last bits of function throughout her brain mm-hmm. and so so Walken puts the thing on mm-hmm. and he sees well, he's like a, heaven yeah he's <laughs> obsessed with, with seeing what she saw mm-hmm. at, supposedly after she died right yeah. but uh, yeah. he eventually does that and that's pretty much where the where the movie ends mm-hmm. um, I think it may have gone it, it seems like there could have been more but I think that's where he could only end it to make it make sense with Natalie mm-hmm. Wood because Natalie yeah. Wood is in that final scene. Right. And so I think it was, he had to cut it together where it ended right there. Mm-hmm. And, but which was fine. That was, that was, that's fine ending. Um, well, again, hats off to him for do, being able mm-hmm. to do that. Oh yeah. So. It's, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so so. It, it's a pretty great little science uh, science fiction film, mm-hmm. a little bizarre, a little out there, but you know. But man, like we said, it's a feat of editing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you don't even notice. I mean, you watch the thing and you're just like, "Well, I didn't know she died during the movie." I mean, you you can't tell. You know, um, there are other movies where that happened and you mm-hmm. can tell. If you don't, you know, just a little trivia here. If you <clears> don't know who Natalie Wood is, she was Maria in West Side Story. Yes. Okay. All right. Well. Um, that's it, I guess. Go check out Brainstorm. Uh, and if you have any fan crossover theories, you can drop us a line at uh, uh, threecylinderstardrive at gmail.com. Until then, I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots.